Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Audience Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. Chris Level joining us now. And uh, Chris, it is uh, publisher of RedRaiderSports.com, Tech Baylor Week. Um, it's taken on a different feeling, hasn't it? Since Joey ended up there, all these Baylor people show out, show up in West Texas. And uh, well, first of all, welcome, uh, welcome back to the program. It's good to good to visit with you. Absolutely, Matt. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. This this game is you know it's probably you know meaningful. To- a lot of the folks directly involved just because they, they worked at, uh, at previously. And, you know, and, and, and I would say this too, this game needs to have going forward. It needs to have some spice or some importance to it just because the league is changing. You're trying to, you know, you, you need some of these regional meeting games. Forward. And now, you know, I think for Texas Tech, you know, you look at the, the Baylors and the TCUs and Oklahoma States and those, those need to have some meaning for you uh, just because we're, we're looking for reasons to kind of care and, and, and mm-hmm. care a lot. And I think this is one of those that uh, certainly has some ingredients to do that. Yeah. They, they, they got to get the conference schedulers on the same page, right? Cause Baylor didn't even play Oklahoma or Oklahoma state this year. You know, tech has some odd matchups. We got one last uh, uh, battle against Texas that did not go well for the bears. That game last year in Lubbock, seems to have stuck with Joey and that staff. And and Baylor kind of, they felt like Baylor physically dominated them uh, to a certain extent in that game. Um, you know, I, I thought that was interesting. When I had Joey on yesterday, he didn't really want to talk about that, I guess not surprisingly. <laughs> Earlier in the week, he was pretty open about that, kind of like, hey, we got thoroughly. And so I, I don't know if he's decided later in the week to kind of play that down a little bit and not bring it up that much with the team. But um, I, I definitely think that bothered him that that may have been, in his mind, the worst tech performance of the season. It, it wasn't even close last year. Yeah, it's the worst. Honestly, it's the worst performance they've, they've had since, he, since he's been the head coach. And really, it's not, there's not a close second. Um, you know, at any time, you, you, you did get you, – you got beat up up front, uh, I think. But any time you turn the ball over five times like Texas Tech did that day, it's just – I don't care who you're playing, it's not going to go well. And that, that was a point in the season, too, last year where there was a night game. You know, Pat, Pat Mahomes was getting inducted into the uh, Hall of, uh, Hall of uh, Fame and things like that. And there was a lot of pomp and circumstance right there, and you just kind of no-showed. And that's not been what we've seen. You know, they, they have always competed and maybe come up short, but uh, they, they it was just bad. And I think uh, I think he knew it. I don't think you have to tell anybody around here and remind them because I think they're all well aware. I think they've probably been reminded about it quite a bit uh, this week. But, you know, it's, it's again, it's a different group this year for both sides. And uh, we'll see where we go because both teams are kind of slow out of the gate now and you're trying to get some traction. I think uh, both had big wins last weekend. I think you're trying to build on it. But we'll see who gets it done Saturday night. How is the Tech quarterback situation? I mean, they're snake bit at that. Baylor kind of has been over the years as well with injuries. Uh, Barron has had at least a lot of experience. Uh, never has lacked for arm talent or confidence, it seems. But just maybe consistency has been an issue how do what how do most tech people think of him right now uh coming into a big road game is there 
Is it kind of like, ah, we don't know what Barron we're going to get? I mean, obviously Joey likes him as a leader, or he wouldn't be on the leadership can- council for uh, for Tech. But where where are where are Tech folks on on Barron? Is he kind of has now been around campus for what about three years? But he was always kind of that next big thing, and and now he's getting his opportunity. Yeah, this is going to be the. I think since 2016, I think it is. It's like I think like it's like seven or eight years where you're going to be without your starting quarterback for the bulk of the season. Uh, so this has just been wild. The uh, the stretch that they're on uh, with with the injury to Tyler Shuck, it was a pretty nasty injury as everybody uh, saw. But yeah, Barron is Barron's a guy that I think a lot of folks wanted to see anyways. Um, he's kind of a native son. He grew up in Lubbock and. His dad coached some high school football in Lubbock and then middle of Odessa and then was his high school coach at Eastland um, uh, whenever Barron was uh, finishing up his playing in his high school career and all that. And, you know, he was mentored by Cody Hodges. Uh, I think Cody Hodges really, you know, is kind of a family friend to the Mortons. And I think, uh, you know, Cody's uh, was a great tech quarterback back in, I think, 05 was his main year. And they went uh, to the Cotton Bowl that year and uh, played Alabama. But, Baron, tons of our talent. I think, you know, this is going to be his fifth start. So he's got some experience, but not just a ton. He's a redshirt sophomore, and so this will be his fifth start. He's, you know, he's playing through a, a, a bit of a shoulder issue right now. I think it'll be better this week than it was last week. Uh, and then he got it dinged up up in, in Morgantown. It's just not a good day for the Red Raiders in Morgantown. You, you, you drop one quarterback, and then the other one uh, comes in there, got, got dinged up a bit. I think the last week he was much better than he was in Morgantown. He had a full week to prepare and study and, and all the things. And I think he was much better with his footwork and just some of the simple stuff. But he's got crazy arm talent. And, yeah, you're right, Matt. He doesn't lack for confidence. Uh, but it, it, it's really the running game up here that I think has been what is the talk. And I think that's what everybody feels so good about. And I think that could be Barron's best friend like it is any quarterback. It takes the pressure off of him because that's what set up uh, some nice shots down the field last week because they were they were running wild over Houston and I think that's what uh, needs to happen again if you're going to continue to have success in this league is that running game needs to kind of help you out which is crazy for uh, it's kind of like the Spike Dykes days back in the when they they'd run it and hand it to Bam or Ricky Williams or Hanspard or whoever it was it's not quite like that but that's what's been working and I think they're going to continue to go with that. By the way, uh, so one of my tech buddies said they thought it was Nick Shimanek. Was Correct. the last one to make it all the way through a season uh, for the Red Raiders and start every game. But it is weird how that is uh, seemingly every year. And you can almost pencil in your backup is going to play a ton of games. And you're like Baylor. Some of your past guys that were there that were pretty decent players are playing for other teams now and are showing up on different rosters. Isn't that weird yeah. to kind of turn on the college game and go, oh, wait, yeah. I, I remember when he played for Baylor. Like some of these Baylor guys, it was like that OU uh, game in 2019, the championship game. Like that guy now is finally starting for UAB, Jacob Zeno. Um, and I'm sure you got have guys like that at Tech who you're like, yeah, oh, wait, I, just, I didn't know this guy was still playing. Sport. That's right. It's a different sport, man. I mean, it's uh, for, for for those of us that have been around this stuff for a long time, it, it's kind of taken a while to get used to. But this is not changing. Um, this is exactly what, you know, and like, you know, he's not playing this year, but like A.J. McCarty, you know, uh, on, on that Baylor roster, he he was responsible for one of those interceptions in the game last year and picked off Tyler Shuck and went to the end zone, and then he transferred here uh, back in June and, and sitting out, and then he'll play, obviously, the two years after 
but yeah, it's just, it, it's just kind of, it takes a while to get used to the, the portal, but boy, I tell you, if you don't use that portal, it, it'll, uh, it, it'll hurt you, I think, because I think it can certainly help certain teams like Baylor and Ted for sure. All right. Now recruiting, um, I, that, that, that Micah Hudson commit, I think lit the thing on fire. Now, obviously it's dampened some of the enthusiasm with a two and three start, but in terms of getting a five-star, uh, I mean, that's, that had to be a huge shot in the arm and they were already recruiting well for 2023 to get the Lake Belton kid and uh, Chris Level joining us, by the way, on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, t- longtime Texas Tech insider. But, like, that single recruit, what, what was that pretty galvanizing? Like, what did the fan base, and you're a guy that follows all that recruiting and sees all that stuff come through, what, w- what did that mean to the fan base and, and even just to that single recruiting class? Yeah, you know, he he was uh he's got an offer from everybody in the country and I think that you know they were trying to you know they they you know his dad obviously is a Texas Tech legacy, uh, played some defensive line uh, for Texas Tech back in the 80s and uh, I think that he kind of liked what he heard and they started to you know build build that relationship and, and you know and the interesting thing is if you've watched Micah and the way he plays uh, it's exactly what is kind of missing off of their team right now. They're just not a ton of explosiveness or or juice, I guess, as they would call it, on offense. And I think he's got he's got a lot of that. And he'll be an early enrollee and uh, should sign in mid December. But yeah, that was a big deal, um, you know, just around here because it's not like you you've just been swimming in recruiting success, uh, which is why you've struggled over the last decade on the field, just because you know you've you've gone through a variety of different coaches and different recruiting philosophies, trying to recruit to different schemes and all these things. And you're just looking for some stability. This is, this is mainly why Joey was hired, you know, and I think you guys know that, but I mean, just his personality and all those things, but just to get a recruiting aspect turned around and pointed in the right direction and be able to start stacking classes and, and get some stability. Cause it's just not been very good out here uh, for a while, but Micah certainly is a, is a crown jewel in what they hope to be a really good recruiting class for sure. All right, and are, is Tech pretty vulnerable on the back end of that defense? I know, I think in the second half they played much better. Uh, Joey indicated maybe they made some better calls. Maybe there was some coaching involved in some of that first half, trying to maybe protect some of his players. But where where have they been the most vulnerable? Because they've had some NFL talent recently on the edges um, and even in the back of that defense. But is is it the back end of that defense that is not held up so well this year? Well, that's that's where most of the experience is. That's what's interesting is that you know they brought back both starting corners, brought back a couple of starting safeties from last year's team that I thought had been pretty good. That's why, partly why I think you felt really good about this team on paper coming into the year. Uh, they did lose one of their stud safeties uh, came out of the early in that game last week uh, and. I think Houston took advantage because it, it went from, you know, uh, Dadrian Taylor Demerson has been a sixth year guy that's, you know, really got the senior bowl folks talking, all those things. Well, he kind of left because of a, a, a minor back issue, and they had to put in a true freshman. And of course, you know, Houston and, and Donovan Smith, the quarterback, who was a former Red Raider, yeah. uh, as we talked about earlier, yeah, he uh, he took advantage and, and kind of picked on that true freshman in the back end. But I think, I think, Emerson should be okay this week, but it, it's it's funny because they go from 
very experienced in, in most spots, but like the depth behind them, you, you go straight from that to redshirt freshman or true freshman. And I think there's been a few of those instances where, yeah, it's kind of bitten you a little bit. Um, but I, I, you know, as far as vulnerability, I think they probably haven't created as many turnovers as they would have preferred. You know, they did in Morgantown and then nothing to show for it. They had the, they won the turnover battle up in Morgantown, but just the offense couldn't do anything with it. But I think, you know, you're trying to replace Tyree Wilson, get into the quarterback, and they really haven't been able to do that uh, with any consistent basis at all. And I think that's been a, a problem. It's been, you know, the first half last week was more the exception, and that's what was bizarre. You felt best about your defense all season long, even coming into last week's game, and then you, you look up and you play Houston, and they just did whatever they wanted for the first half. And then you, and crazy enough, you shut them out in the second half. It made no sense. Uh, but the defense has actually been pretty good. They just, but if we're nitpicking, yeah, not creating enough takeaways or getting to the quarterback enough. All right. Are you buying, uh, Chris, West Virginia? I mean, I, you know, everybody just assumed that guy was going to get fired, new AD. He didn't <laughs> want to make a change immediately and just thought, well, they'll be at the bottom of the conference. And you could see a scenario now where they could win eight or nine games. If you just look at the schedule, I mean, the, the, every, I mean they got some pretty favorable matchups um what have you been able to make of the uh the mountaineers since you've seen them yeah and i know i know neil really well you know he was here for three years uh yeah. tommy tuberville and i've stayed in contact with him and he's a, he's a, uh, somebody I, he's a class act and uh they just haven't haven't done well up there or, or what the west virginia people wanted and i knew he was uh, very much on the hot seat and that was well documented but i mean I, I think what they've figured out is they've kind of they've kind of been the football version of what their basketball program was whenever it was rolling under Huggins, in that they kind of play to their identity. You know, they're not trying to. I think maybe you know, in, in the first several years with Neil, you're trying to throw it, you're trying to do a lot of different things mm-hmm. that he's done in this past. But I think they've been able to adapt to their personnel and get behind a running game and kind of ba- basically make these games ugly. Because they've won now four in a row, and, and the last three of them have been kind of ugly wins in a way, if you, if you want to call it that. But it's been working, and I think their defense is wildly improved. Um, do, do I think that it, you know they can win the league? No. Do I think that if you look at their schedule, uh, that they you know because I don't think they play either Kansas school, and I don't think they play Texas this year. And that, if you look at it on paper, those are three pretty good teams to miss yeah. on your schedule, you know. And um, I think if they can, you know, just keep, you know, now they got dinged up in that game last week against TCU. There were some nasty injuries, and two guys got carted off. And but I think they're they're going into their bye week this week. But yeah, they're gonna, you know, it's not flashy, and I think they'd be the first one to tell you that. And it's not going to impress a ton of people when you just watch them. But, man, I don't think they care if they just win in games. And I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think that at this point, seven may be the least amount of, of wins that they can tally, uh, which that's going to be enough to keep his job sending them a bowl game and, and the rest. But it's been a, a fun story, I guess, for those in the Big 12 because he was well aware that they were picked 14th in the league, and he told everybody about it, you know, and, and uh, they're not going to mm-hmm. finish 14th. No, they're not. And the last thing I had for you, what was the atmosphere around uh, Coach Leach and his family being honored and and going in the hall and all that was there? It's such a complicated thing, but, of course, a lot of the Tech family still has just wonderful feelings toward him 
in that whole era, there's probably certain people that maybe wouldn't want to show up at that event that uh, that had a very public uh, war with him in some sense. But what was it? Uh, was it pretty cool? And and what was the? Or was everybody just going crazy? What was the? What was it like? Yeah, and I appreciate you asking me that. Uh, I, I think you know that that one was personal to me because you know Mike kind of gave me. I, I've, I've hosted the the coaches show for whoever's been the head coach here really since Mike was here since about Oh six or Oh seven. And he kind of gave me my start, you know, you know, and do part of the radio broadcast now and all that stuff. And then I always, I loved Mike. Um, and I knew that he, he certainly wasn't without blame whenever uh, it, it all fell apart here with, with him and the administration. But I was just, I, there was, there was a time when I thought that something like this would never happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of nice to see everybody on the same page because I think Sharon, uh, his wife and, and his kids were obviously in town. She was all uh, aboard uh, and all for honoring his legacy. And I think the Tech fans, it was kind of a healing moment for a lot of people because, yeah, they, I mean, the fan base here loved that era and they loved what he gave them an identity. And you still kind of, in some ways, play to that identity, uh, I think, a little bit and recruit to it and all those things. And um, yeah, there was a lot of pirate flags, and yeah, it was just it, it was just it was just fun. Uh, I think for it, and obviously Cliff uh, Cliff Kingsbury was was a part of the ceremonies last mm-hmm. weekend as well. It was just it was just the it was good to have everybody back on the same page uh, for a weekend. What was the most bizarre thing he ever said on the show? Like, would you? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> well, there were moments you were just like, "Where is this going?" Well, he'd he'd always. Uh, He'd always show up a little late to his own coach's show, which made it interesting when you're the host. And uh, maybe you'd get going, <laughs> you'd get going like 20 minutes into the show, and it's like, uh, okay, we'll be back with Coach Lee here in a little bit. And he'd take another break, and he'd, uh, he'd show up a little late. But what was funny about his coach's show is that more often than not, he wanted nothing to do with talking about football or his team. It's what book book, book he'd been reading, or you know what what movie the team had gone to see the previous Friday night, or whatever. And so you kind of had to mix in a little football when you could, because that's what the people would show up, and they, that's what they yeah. wanted to hear about. Is tell me how the offensive line's playing, or what's this freshman doing in practices, or whatever. But Mike wanted no, nothing to do with that at times, so that was always kind of <laughs> tricky to maneuver through. But I love the guy, man. He was a uh, he was one of one, man. There's just nothing. He he had so much to do with the way football is played at the high school level and at the college level and, and really in the NFL when you think about it. And uh, I, I miss him. He left us way too soon. All right. Well, good stuff. Tell McCaslin uh, that Mosley said hi, okay, my former fraternity <laughs> okay. brother. And uh, I, he, he used to outfit me in Arkansas State and then UNT gear. Uh, putting a tech shirt on is a bridge too far for me, so we'll have to leave it there. But certainly support him in all games that aren't against the uh, the Bears. Chris, great to visit with you. Always look forward to it and uh, hope to maybe run into you Saturday night. Hey, you got it, man. I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks for having me on, man. You bet. There he goes. Chris Level, locked on tech, football, basketball, Red Raiders, uh, RedRaiderSports.com, does a lot, uh, part of their football uh, broadcast basketball broadcast and and uh, really uh, uh, does a lot for Texas Tech athletics. Okay, 